This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, and uh, we are Ready Radio, KLZ 560. I'm your host, John Rush. And as you all know, we talk about what to do and how to be ready for the what-ifs of life. And we always take calls, by the way. So if you've got something you want to call in and chat about, you can do that two ways. 303-477-5600 is our main line here to the studio. This is a live show today, by the way. This is June the 16th. So if you're listening to a replay show, you'll know what that you know what that is and what day we're actually doing this on. I've got a special guest in studio with me today as well. Tina Francone with us. Before that, the text line 307 200 8222. So as we talk, if there's something you'd like to ask Tina, you can text us as well. Uh, Tina and I, by the way, have known each other for a, gosh, Tina, 10 years almost now, nine years, something Easily. like that. It's been a long time since I've been on The Daily Show. I've had Tina off and on for several different things over the years. She's been a part of, uh, I don't know, uh, gosh, all, all sorts of political endeavors. You served on RTD's board for a while. You've done all sorts of things through the years. Yeah, well, I've worn many hats yes, through the years. Have. So like people, myself. People know me in different capacities, former Jefferson County Commissioner, former RTD director, you know, run political campaigns, run issue campaigns. And you're a uh, firearms instructor a and still firearms are. instructor, you know, uh, wife and mother to two Franks and uh most people know me as Mrs. Frankie's mom. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, so a lot of things in this career, um, in this crazy life that, that we live. Um, but, you know, fortunate to have landed on uh, a, an issue that's really grabbed me passionately um, about securing our electrical infrastructure. Which, when Tina sent me an email on, hey, we'd like to talk about such and such, I'm like, hey, you don't know this probably, but I've got a brand new show. Well, not new. We've been out for about a year now. But compared to the other shows I have, it's the newest show. And I said, listen, here's what we do. Here's what we talk about. This would be a fabulous fit. This show, as I said a moment ago, you may be even listening to a replay of because there's times we replay this in other slots. Or if I'm, if I'm away, we'll play shows like today at another time. So if you're listening to this show, again, as a replay, you'll know exactly what we're doing today. But, yeah, Tina is uh, a part of a... A organization, I guess I should say, to bring this whole awareness, which is what, by the way, you guys know this. We talk about this almost weekly. In fact, last week, you all, you know, again, because this is a live show today, but last week we had a special show where, where we had Bill Forstian on. Uh, Bill has written all of the books, One Second After, One Day After, all of that. Most of you would know him by that. He's done a lot of other things outside of that as well. But he kind of today has become, because the other individual that was the expert has since passed, but Bill's kind of right now really sort of that renowned expert on the grid, how weak it is, how vulnerable are we to an EMP strike, and so on. So we talked about some of this stuff even last week, not in preparation for Tina. I knew Tina was coming on, but it's just the way things laid out. And it's funny that we're going to really kind of spend two weeks in a row now, Tina, on the subject of the grid, which is fine because it's a big deal. It's a huge topic. Absolutely. And and really, you know, really part of my frustration, you know, and I've been involved in this sphere for about the last 10 years with the EMP task force. Um, and those issues are really have been addressed on a national security level more than on a on a personal human level. Right. And so so we have a little different focus, uh, myself and um, my business partner, former state representative Tanya Van Beber, um, who wrote a critical infrastructure bill last year for the legislature. Um, but, um, you know, looking at it from 
the ground up, if you will, as opposed okay. to from the top down, okay. to really identify and help people understand that um, if the grid goes down, if you lose electric power, um, you're pretty much on your own. The so, statistics are, I know this from talking to Bill last week, so for all of you listening, again, this is, I say this all the time, we don't use this show to scare anybody. These are not scare tactics by any means. All we're trying to do each week is really bring awareness to all of the things that are out there so each one of you can then take a look at your own lives, your family's life, and say, okay, here's some things that I know I need to shore up and be more prepared on. But here's a statistic that I think probably scares a lot of people. If we have a nationwide grid failure, some sort of an EMP strike, terrorism, takes out a lot of transformers. There's another great book called, I think it's 48 Hours, and it talks about things in the grid not in an EMP end of things, but more on the terrorist end of things. Sure. So there's all sorts of things that could happen, but the reality is if our grid goes down completely coast to coast— I know this is a surprising figure, and I think this figure might be low, but they will tell you, government will even tell you, that if the grid goes down, 30%, so a third of our population roughly, is dead in in, in 30 days. Exactly. Because of lack of medication, refrigeration, all sorts of other things that happen. I, by the way, feel, especially after going through COVID and watching the response to it, that that 30% number is probably low. I believe that's right. I think we could be as high as 50% within 60 days. Most of the population of the U.S. is gone because they have no idea how to handle things if, to your point, Tina, the grid goes out. Exactly. And that's, you know, what we're trying to raise awareness. Yeah, we want to lower that 50% down. Absolutely. There's and, And, you know, again... This has been, you know, talk about this issue has been phrased in national security terms or through that lens. And also as a reactive, you know, prepper kind of um, reaction to what happens when it goes down. We're here to tell you that there are common sense, inexpensive ways for you to be proactive in this create a groundswell of support on the on the grassroots level to bring that issue to our local elected officials and our utility companies to say hey what are you doing to protect us what are you doing to ensure continuity of service so your partner's on the phone would you like to introduce her absolutely it's my pleasure to introduce my partner former state representative tanya van beber hello tanya Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. And uh, and I apologize. I should have known that somebody else was going to be joining us. And I, I apologize. I didn't have Charlie's, you know, Charlie did not know that. I did not put that down for him. So, Tanya, that's my fault. But welcome. We appreciate you joining us. Well, we appreciate you having us on today to talk about this. You're very welcome. This is, a as, as you heard, even, you know, Tina and I talking through this, you know, kind of, you know, getting things introduced here for this hour. Big deal to me, as I said a moment ago, I, I think some of the figures of estimates of what would happen in a complete failure are very low. Uh, I, and even if it is, let's say they're correct and it's a third, that's still too high of a number. So I, I guess really, ladies, at the end of the day, I want to see whatever the number is be lowered because people can be more, you know, so people can be more prepared on the front side and therefore lower that overall number for themselves, their family and so on. And again, we talk about things every single week on what those preparations need to look like, everything from food, water, and then being able to prepare yourself in, in, in even the power end of things. What do you do? How would you handle that? How would that work? And I know, ladies, that there's a lot of what-ifs here because 
what would happen to the grid with an EMP strike versus a terrorist strike versus a localized you know, outage. All of these things have a different factor to them because on an EMP strike, what you thought you might even have running as far as a generator is concerned may very well not even work at that time because it may have been taken out as well unless you hardened it with things like EMP shield, for example. Right? Exactly. Exactly right. So, so uh, I guess first off, uh, let's do this. Let's back up just for a second. Tanya, tell us exactly what you guys have going on, what you do, how people can learn more about you, and so on. Let's start there. Well, uh, you know, this is, of course, as you and Tina have been discussing, such an extremely important topic. And, and when, I, when I look at uh, survivability and you mentioning that, that 30% or 33% rate, um, of course, the, the amount is going to be much, much higher. And we look at all of the pressing issues of the day. Uh, this is the one that takes the cake, isn't it? It's the yes. topic that yes. if the grid goes down, really everything else is a moot point. And so, um, like Tina said, to ensure that we are creating uh, this groundswell of constituent education to talk to folks about what does this really look like, because it can be a very scary topic. But the good news is this is being taken care of. There are places like North Carolina and San Antonio where the grid is being hardened. Okay. And for pennies on the dollar, it's getting done. Uh, Rangeley, Colorado is making plans as we speak to harden the water infrastructure. Okay. Uh, we know food and water, those are yes. our basic necessities. Yes. And uh, we've got a Colorado town right here right now that has enough foresight to put that into place. And so we're at different locations. Uh, we were just at the Western Conservative Summit. Uh, this is a very nonpartisan or bipartisan, if, sh- if you will, because it does affect each and every last one of us. And so uh, we'll be at different uh, energy symposiums. We'll be putting on uh, events to educate the public. We have webinars. And, of course, if uh, folks want to go to our website at saveourgrid.org, okay. saveourgrid.org, they can learn a lot more about the topic. It's a great way to be introduced to the different vernacular, uh, what it looks like, what it uh, is uh, as far as a topic that people should be concerned about, and how they might get involved uh, to, to take care of this. How, how does the power of the people and the voice of constituency uh, take care of this solution? How can they reach mm-hmm. out as constituents and as consumers of utilities to say, what are you doing? What are you doing and what have you put in place to ensure that our lives are not at stake. So in other so, words, we're not going to just sit back as citizens and hope that somebody at that level is doing something about it. We as citizenry, because we are a republic and we actually run and control things, not the other way around, which is another message that I talk about the other three hours each day. But bottom line, ladies, we want to tell them that, listen, if you're not thinking along these lines, You need to be, because we do have vulnerabilities, and even though we spend all sorts of money on all sorts of other things out in the government sphere, which government has no money, it all comes from us, so they spend our money on all sorts of things, and yet at times, Tanya and Tina both, we... We don't spend it in the areas where we probably should, and my fear is when it, when the time comes where there is some sort of a major issue, and one thing that folks forget about is, oh, well, I'll just turn the water on. Well, if there's no wastewater treatment and there's no freshwater treatment and all of that is run by electricity, the pumps and the things that are, are in those facilities, both on the fresh and the downstream side, both of those are run by electricity. If that's not being done, 
nothing's going to flow out of the faucet, period. Exactly. It's not going to, be, it's not going to exist. Yeah. And it's surprising, you know, that the, the number of people that I talk to on a regular basis that, that really don't know how their electricity is delivered or how important that is. They just figure, well, it's dark in here. I'll just walk over to the switch and turn it on. And magically, the lights are on. I mean, they have no thought beyond, no. I'll just flick the switch. And, and you know, and certainly it, there, no thought is given to what happens if I flick the switch and nothing happens. Good point. So, that you know, so some of those issues, you know, again, we're not here to to uh, strike fear in the hearts of No, uh, it's just citizens. to raise awareness, just right? Just raise awareness and, and get people used to the idea that you're in charge of this. Take Good personal point. responsibility for it. You can be prepared. You don't, I mean, you know, I mean, my family jokes and they tease me, you know, because they say, oh, you're such a prepper. But you know what? We have more than two weeks worth of toilet paper. And I think that's an important point. Some people don't think beyond that. So it doesn't. Some people don't think beyond two roles. Exactly. I'm sorry. I'm just being very honest. I mean, (laughs) you can see that. And again, ladies, I'm not making fun of anybody. And please, nobody take it that way. I use that kind of as a joke because in some cases, some folks run to the grocery store when the last pack runs out. Now, I also know that some of this involves some investment on the part of the individual. And in some cases, it may mean not spending money in one area of life to spend money in this area. And there's some trade-offs or sacrifices that you may need to make. Now, where you guys are coming into play is not only bringing up the awareness on that level like I do each week, you're moving it beyond that as well and saying, okay, government officials that we've elected, we need you to be thinking along the same lines that we are when it comes to this whole and I, and I think the whole prepper word, by the way, has got a negative connotation, which I hate. In fact, even the FBI looks at us in a different manner, and, and I, I'm, I'm always hesitant to use that name. I want us to be ready. That's why Charlie helped me with this name. It's called Ready Radio, because we want you to be ready. You can call it prepared, whatever you want. But I like the term ready more than prepper, because there's not that negative connotation. We just want our elected officials to now know about that and be ready as well. Exactly, exactly. And that's important because, you know, um, both Tanya and I as, as former elected officials know that in in your job as elected official, you deal with hundreds of issues, you know, on, a, on, on an almost daily basis. Right. And so, so what gets attention? And it's really true. The squeaky wheel gets the mm-hmm. grease. And so this has been, you know, anybody I have ever talked to agrees. This is a pressing issue. This is important. We should be talking about it. We should be doing something about it. And um, so what we're here to do, Save Our Grid is here to do, is to say, okay, let's move beyond talking about it. And let's let's make eye contact and actually start doing things about this. So it's not enough to talk about it. Let's take some action and start making some progress on the front end to really help people feel prepared, feel protected, and to ensure that we continue to enjoy life as we know it. So question I have, Tanya, you can answer this one first and Tina second. When it comes to that bringing awareness into the elected officials, do you feel that as a squeaky wheel we get some real attention or do you feel it's more lip service? What are your thoughts, Tanya, on that and what do we as voters need to be doing to bring more of that awareness up? Well, that's a good question, John. You know, as a previously elected official, 
uh, Tina's right. It, it's not necessarily just the squeaky wheel that, that gets the grease and is heard, but it's an individual who's thoughtful about the discussion. Okay. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to come in and pound their hand on the desk and, and start yelling, of course, none of us want to be beat over the head no. uh, in a conflict. But if someone was thoughtful and really brought to the table their personal connections, their their story, you know, my utility has gone down 12 times this month or during that last blizzard, it was off for, for four days, for okay. five days, or my folks went without electricity for three days. They can't do that. They're on oxygen. Those kinds of those kinds of stories are the meaningful things that people to people, our legislators will listen to. We have good legislators that are paying attention, and they're looking at this topic. It's complex. And so we're thinking about over... Yeah, and, and, and really quick, Tanya, I want to step in for a moment. It's complex because I've and these are things I've learned through doing this show in the last year, by the way. They're complex because, A, there's not a one-size-fits-all. The grid is different across each county, each city. And on top of exactly. that, there's multiple layers of individuals involved in all of that. And then one last level is they're all done and maintained at different levels and even the parts that are in them are of varying ages some being 50 plus years of age so again this is not a one-size-fits-all fix correct absolutely correct that's exactly right you hit the nail on the head we didn't just uh, you know all of us plop down in america at the same time in the same space uh, throughout our history it we moved west different infrastructure is implemented at different times and executed in different ways the distribution and the trans- transmission are both very particular to the individual utility itself, and you're not just talking about electricity. As you referenced earlier, you're talking about water, wastewater, communications, t- uh, transportation, yep. and so forth. And it's a cascading issue. One goes down, the rest go down, and then and then things you know do not turn out well for anybody. So, so yes, you absolutely every voice. I mean. Think about the market and how the voice of the, the consumer True. has power right now. True. We've always known that by the power of the purse, uh, then you change the market. That's, that's how you create competition, excellence, and quality, because when people demand that, the market must re- respond, right? Right. But right. when we look at elected officials, the same concept is in play. We, we look to our elected officials to, to pay attention to, as Tina said, a lot of different topics. But for us, when we look at what's the heaviest thing in, in the, ba- the paper bag, what's the heaviest thing that we could possibly look at? And that's always our security, mm-hmm. uh, you know, keeping us safe from threat, domestic or foreign. And anybody who would take down our grid, anybody who would do us ill will in this regard, uh, that's the issue we must pay attention to because, again, it's a cascading issue. It's, it's a, a thing that if we don't pay attention to this part of the heaviest uh, concept and a subject, uh, then the rest of it is really a moot point. But yes, legislators do need to hear from constituents. But a form letter isn't enough. That Agreed. can't do it. In Agreed. fact, you know, by the time somebody gets, a, you know, think about you. If if thirty of your relatives all sent you the same Christmas card, you'd stop looking at them. Right? I agree. Yes. Uh, yes. Legislators going to be, the, you know, a legislator. Yep. Bless their hearts. They are inundated with with the with the work that they have, and especially in Colorado. With a five-month session, yeah, um, agree. the rest of the year, they're getting mail. But during that five months, it is the personal story that stands out. It is the individual, this is how I was affected, that stands out. Mm-hmm. And, and where that one person has a story, you know there's 20 more. 
there's 50 more. Mm. Uh, we all can recall a moment in the last six months or a year where we can say our lives were extremely inconvenienced, if not really mm-hmm. severely mm-hmm. Uh, affected yep. Yep. by not having electricity. Great point. Uh, I know we have been. So, you know, like I said, uh, the constituent definitely does have power, does have a voice, especially on this topic, both with legislators and with their local utility and with the state PUC. Okay. Hold that thought. I want to come back right after the break and get into a little bit more of that, plus give people real-world ideas on what we need to be doing, talk more about what you two have going on. Again, we've got Tina Francone with us and Tanya Van uh, Beber. Am I saying that right? And I appreciate both of you joining us so much. And the website, again, for those of you listening, saveourgrid.org. Great website. I've been there myself, and there's a lot of great information there. One other event I want to make sure I mention, too, that's coming up next weekend. Not this weekend, but next weekend. Again, today is a live show on the 16th of June. So this next weekend, June 24th, doors open at 9. It is Naturally Inspired Health Summit. It's up in the northern part of, of the state, up in the Loveland area, and uh, I've known some of the individuals that are going to be a part of that, and uh, you'll learn all sorts of different things from natural health, you know, care products, how to empower yourself, which we're talking about right now, some of this involving even the electric grid and so on. There's a lot of things that'll be there, including how to grow your own food, raise your own bees, all sorts of different things that will help each and every one of you if, in fact, Honestly, not even if this grid thing happens, just in general, how to live a more healthy lifestyle, which as we've seen over the past few years with COVID, uh, the powers that be, frankly, don't care about how healthy your lifestyle is. Uh, And I'm being very honest when I say that you have to take your health into your hands, much like we're talking about when it comes to the grid. That'll happen at the Naturally Inspired Health Summit. And you can go right to the website. It's naturallyinspiredhealthsummit.com. And you can learn more about that, register, and I think even that day you can go up and even register at the door if you want to. All right, we'll take a quick break. Alan Stack, Stack Optical, who, by the way, is a great sponsor of ours, believes wholeheartedly in everything that we're talking about. He's one of our big supporters. I appreciate him and everybody else that supports this program as well. But if you need any kind of eye care, you want to get anything in regards to glasses, and he can custom make anything that you need according to what even your specifications are for your lifestyle. Maybe you are a shooter and you need your lenses done in a different way to where they're progressive in the right area so you can see open sights in a scope. He actually will have you. My wife was there the other day and there was somebody coming in to have this done. Literally, you bring your firearm unloaded, of course, in to stack optical and he looks at how you're looking at everything. And Tina's over here nodding because she knows what I mean. He will tailor your eyewear according to what you do when you're shooting. Again, it's not a one size fits all. It's specific to you. And Alan will design it around that. 303-321-1578. That's stack optical. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat 
heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream, even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916 or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep a durable roof over your head. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back. Ready Radio website, by the way, for all of you listening, ready-radio.com. You can always go there and find not only what we're doing with all of this, but past shows and different sponsors and all the things that we have that make the show happen. You can go find everything there. And again, we have Tina Francone with me in studio and her her cohort, I guess you could say, her partner, Tanya Van Beber, is with us as well. Tanya, as we left that last segment really saying, okay, we need to be more proactive as as constituents, as voters, we need to contact these individuals. We don't want to do it through a form letter. So I was just telling Tina when we come back what I want you two to do. And what I don't care which one of you wants to take this on, Tina, Tanya, whoever wants to jump in first. What do we do then when it comes to not doing a form letter? Do I need a 10-page essay that I want to send in, or do I keep it short and sweet, Tanya? Well, of course, uh, I don't know that you know. time is a precious commodity for us all, and whether it's the voter or the constituent or the consumer, uh, the folks that are writing these letters also don't have that amount of time as well okay. in their lives. They're busy, right? And so, no, it doesn't take that 10-page letter. It takes a well-crafted one or two paragraphs. This is who I am. This is what we've been dealing with. This is my major concern. And as an elected official or as my local utility or the PUC, this is your responsibility. There's not a thing I can do about it uh, on a physical level 
as a constituent, as a voter, as a citizen, but you're the one that has the ability to solve this problem, and okay. we need you to do it. We want you to do it. We would like to have transparency. We would like to have problem-solving and solutions, and we need to see that happen. Okay. So, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Tina, are there, because I have no idea. I've never been sat in the, in the shoes that you guys are in. I've never been an elected official. I don't know that I'm electable now that I've done this for so long. <laughs> anyway, side note. Um, are there keywords in those couple of paragraphs Tanya just said? Are there keywords that even catch the eye of that elected official more than others? I really think, and Tanya covered it fairly well, um, the personal story, what makes this different? I mean, certainly we can we can guide and we can help say, mm-hmm. you know, you should probably have these elements in, in your um, in your missive to your elected official, to your utility. But it's the personal story that this is who I am. Okay. This is how I've been affected. And... And, so don't you know, go on the, I know this is going to affect, you know, my neighborhood or my state or my area. Really talk about you on your level as to how this is affecting me individually or as a family. Absolutely. Okay. And that and that really catches some, you know, somebody's, you know, we're all human, right? right? It catches so your eye it. and personalize it. And um, studies have shown that these um, form letters and um, petitions and, and um, you know, form emails that go out are really, you know, and, and certainly they're good because there's a lot of them and people can do them quick. Sure. But, you know, once you've gotten three or four of them, you, you kind of, as an elected, you know, you look and you go like, well, I see what's going on here. doesn't mean you don't pay attention to it, but. doesn't say, it doesn't hold the same as that. Okay, here's the next question. Should we handwrite those out as long as you've got nice, legible handwriting, or do we need to type them out on a Word document? No, I think, you know, I mean, sending an email is is, okay. is good. You know, um, nobody writes letters anymore, no. you know, and, and to be honest with you, you know, I, I still like sending thank you notes, personal thank you mm-hmm. notes, and, and putting a stamp on it, and gosh, you know, people keep those (laughs) they put them up on their fridge and say look i got a hand because it it doesn't happen very often anymore but i think for for these purposes you know certainly uh, just you know being able to you know send an email that that sends your story tells your story is what people are looking for and really by telling that story you're telling your elected or utility company or whoever you're writing it to that this is why this is important, and this is why it should be important to you, because we're we're all human, and we all share this. Okay. So it resonates in a different way than a form okay. um, type of letter does. Next question, Tanya, for you. Do we send this to elected officials, to folks at the PUC, to the folks at you know United Power, XL Energy, and so on, or all of the above? All of the above, okay. and Tina's right. Certainly email, uh, and, and even voicemail. Leave those phone, me- phone messages. You have a voice when you share that story, but your actual voice, the inflection of you telling your story, introducing yourself, is also very powerful. Again, we are all people, and this is a problem we will all share. It's not an if, mm-hmm. Good it's point. a when. Good point. Good point. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I, I, I say that all the time here. I really feel not to be a naysayer, because I'm not, but when it comes to the grid, unless... We make significant investment as a country, local, 
federal, st- I mean, everything across the board. If we don't make some significant investments in it, which frankly we're not, if we don't make significant investments, to your point, Tanya, it's not if, it's when. Exactly. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. That's just the facts. Yeah. Well, and, and the upside of that is that, you know, for so long, um, it, it's been a question of, of we know that we do need to upgrade, that our infrastructure is aging, but we just don't have the money to do it because this is hugely expensive. The good news is, is with, you know, love him or hate him, you know, whichever side of the political spectrum you're on, the Biden infrastructure bill does provide for funding for upgrades to infrastructure. And, you know, so then we need to hold them to the hold their feet to the fire and make sure that we are getting that done. Right. Absolutely. It's another one that we need to do. We've okay. It's been earmarked. It's been talked about. All right, where are we at on the timeline, and is this actually going to get done? Correct. Absolutely, and managing those, you know, managing those projects so okay. that they are, um, you know, completed on time okay. and hopefully under budget, and that it actually does get done. And so, you, you know, we have a responsibility as citizens to be able it's to our money. It's our money. It's going to. It's going to the right. Re- for the, it's in being case, spent it in is. the right reason, yes, right, and so, but but it doesn't stop there. We have to follow up with that and make sure that it's actually being done. Yeah, we we you know, there's accountability folks all over that that hold some of these things to that level. We though should be doing the exact same thing. Are we keeping these things accountable and making sure that they're getting done at the end of the day? Correct. Right. right. Okay. All right. Good stuff, by the way, ladies. I appreciate it. SaveOurGrid.org, again, is the website. Okay, as we move along and talk about, okay, we're going to get all of this done. That's great. We're going to bring the awareness up. We're going to get our elected officials hopefully on the same page. Let them understand that, listen, you all have homes as well. Yeah, some of you live in some nice palaces, but for the most part, most elected officials outside of the Nancy Pelosi's and so on of the world live a very average life. Right, ladies? Absolutely. Am I correct? Okay, so they, they live in a lot of the same neighborhoods the rest of us do. So if the grid's down, they're down as well. So we've got that awareness raised. What else, though, could people be doing personally speaking, to be prepared on their own in case something happens. And, you know, we talked, you know, touched about it on it a little bit earlier that, um, you know, raising the awareness and is important. People don't think about what happens if they're, you know, they're busy living their lives or getting their kids, you know, getting their kids through school, they're running their businesses, and they don't think about um, simple things like, um, could I grow a garden in my backyard? Okay. You know, um, what would I do? You know, do I have, well, I don't know, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of food. You know, maybe I bought um, on sale at Safeway, you know, a couple extra packs of meat and put them in the freezer. Um, those types of things. Do I, do I know how to do simple home repairs? Mm. Um, do I have, uh, you know, if the electricity goes out, you're not going to be using your, you know, you're, you're fancy. not plugging anything in. Yeah. You know, if you've got a power tool that runs on battery, it'll be good until the battery's gone, but that's all you've got. That's it. So do you have a handsaw? Do you, do you have, have a, a solar hammer? charger yeah. that might sit, that might charge that particular power tool back up? Those are the sorts of things to think about on the front side, right? Sure. And, you know, and think it through. You know, what happens if, you know, if it, you know have a plan B. And plan A's are good, but you also, you know, we and give those some of you that want to go a little B. further down the road, have a plan C because <laughs> sometimes plan B doesn't even work. So, and and again, we're trying to work through, and I do this on this show each week for an hour. 
work through each type of scenario. As I look to the west now out, again, we're live today, June 16th. We've had a lot of rain in Colorado. It's still raining today. I look to the west, and you can't even see the mountains because it's raining pretty hard. We could have everything, folks, from blizzards to flooding to tornadoes. No, we don't live on the coast and have hurricanes, but we can have a lot of other things. Mudslides. There was a big, huge rock uh, slide up on Highway 7, up towards the Boulder area this last week. I mean, we can have all sorts of things that can shut things down, and I think everybody knows this, but I guess maybe it should be a reminder, and you can tell your friends and neighbors this. And I'm not saying this is bad, but we have been as a country in this just-in-time delivery mode for a very long time. And a lot of you are thinking, okay, what does that mean? Well, in manufacturing, as they're building a car, for example, all the parts for that car haven't been sitting there for the last several weeks. They're brought in, in a lot of cases, the morning of that car going down the line. It's called just-in-time delivery. We do the same thing, by the way, at the grocery store. If some of you may have maybe don't notice this, but if you look at any Safeway, King Supers, Whole Foods, whatever it is, you will see trucks coming in in the middle of the night. And it's not just one truck. They may have several trucks that come in that, you know, everything from refrigerated trucks to regular trucks. And those goods are offloaded at night. And there are night workers typically there that are getting the store stocked for the next day. Because what you may have found on the shelf last night that was missing may very well be there tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. when the store opens back up. We live in a just-in-time delivery society, which means, ladies, if something like this happens... And those trucks aren't running any longer because the warehouse that actually, by the way, has all the refrigeration and and so on and their electricity is out and you get where I'm going with this. It's this snowball effect. Exactly. Pretty soon, everybody runs down to the store expecting to buy something. And there's always a run on things, much like there was with paper towels and toilet paper at Costco during COVID. If there's a run on the store, again, the rule of thumb there is there's but not day's supply at the grocery store. There are hours or minutes of supply if everybody shows up at the same time. Correct, Tina? Exactly. And, Tanya, I, I think you can speak to, um, you know, talking about delivery and just-in-time, um, the, uh, you know, transmission um, equipment is not it's not like you're going to Walmart and buy it you know if the transformer goes out it's done there there are but but Tanya would you speak to the you know the um, the delivery method and in, in, in kind of that time well frame even the fact Tanya because I know some of this even where they some of those parts and where they come from talk about that as well <laughs> well I, I will and I know you I can see where you're both going with this but I would back up and just to also talk about the fact that when you're talking about planning, every county should have some kind of emergency management planning. True. If somebody wants to go to their county website, it's not like we're saying stock up for months and months. But there are things you would never think to stock up on. There are things you would never think to think about in your own home and how to operate that should the electricity go down. How do you open your garage door if you can't push that button? Uh, you're not trapped. Your car is not trapped. Good and point. If your car still does run and things of that nature... Uh, know how to operate those things. Get to that county website. Look at the things that you might need to sustain you and your family in your home for three, four, five days. If it's longer than that, then the conversation shifts dramatically. But why would I care about this situation personally is a great segue from what we talked about earlier and why you would reach out to your legislator. It's right behind my house uh, is the uh, substation that was uh, part of a news story here uh, three, four years ago in which a transformer was intercepted in the Gulf of Mexico and uh, 
it was uh, purported to be uh, a transfer that contained the Chinese uh, information or Chinese software, Chinese hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, the understanding and the news articles that were shared about that is uh, that was uh, sent down to Sandia Labs, and of course. Uh, they looked at that, and uh, the White House was notified. And very shortly thereafter, President Trump uh, gave the executive order that the utilities in the United States of America will no longer be allowed to buy Chinese transformers. Of course, we obviously don't want another nation having their fingers on the, the on-off switch to our utilities. And so that transformer is just about a mile and a half north of my home. Uh, that's the first reason uh, that I started really paying attention to this. I've known about this for a long time, especially after reading William Fortune's book, One Second After. Yep. Uh, but thinking about this, too, from a critical standpoint of my own personal story, uh, we had a, a blizzard here a while back, uh, a few years ago, and our electricity off, was off for four and a half days. Wow. Uh, but what goes with that is the snow and the inability for anybody to get to us. Hmm. Now, we have a company that has large equipment, my family, my husband was able to get out there and, and thank God, get a way paved to our neighbor's home where they were on oxygen. They were sick this wow. during COVID. And we had to pave, we had to plow that road open to get the emergency vehicles to our neighbors so that they could get one of them to a hospital uh, to ensure that their generators were running, that we were making sure they had fuel. And if they didn't, that we got that to them. Mm-hmm. But after four and a half days, uh, one starts to wonder, What's next? Mm-hmm. What could happen next? It wasn't a pretty, a pretty place to be. Uh, we lost, honestly, thousands of dollars in in meat and food. Um, how does one heat a home mm-hmm. after three, three and a half, four days in a blizzard when the temperatures are negative ten, negative five? Uh, it became quite the issue, uh, as as you can understand. And so, that's our personal connection. That's something I have have lived through, and, and I am a child of the seventies. And so, of course, here in Colorado, northern Colorado, uh, I remember when our electricity was out for a little over six days uh, when I was a young child, mm-hmm. and we lived in our motor home, our motor home, uh, because you couldn't, uh, we had an, oil, uh, an oil-based uh, heating system, and so when the oil was gone, that was it. The house was not going to be heated anymore, mm. and we had to find somewhere warm. So this is something we all face. Now, is this particular to my story? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had over 700, 700 incidents since January here in the United States where the infrastructure has been attacked, where folks have done things to the transformers, where things have done things at the substations. Drive by, you know, I'm, I'm sure folks drive by uh, the substations and they're, there's not a. They're not protected, Tanya. They, no, I mean, I see one of the concerns I have. You, thank you for bringing that up. Every time I drive by one of them, I think to myself, you know, I'm not a nefarious individual, so this thought really doesn't cross my mind as to how I would potentially sabotage that. But if I were one of those individuals thinking, how do I do this? I'm sorry, it doesn't take much to get one of those things off, you know, offline. It really wouldn't take much, Tanya. No, and 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 what does a cinder block wall cost? I mean, really, again, solutions are common yeah. sense, and they are pennies on the dollar. A cinder block structure, a six-inch structure, a six-inch thick wall will go a long way to stopping someone from yeah. uh, hurtling some kind of projectile right. or object into or, or, or at a particular substation. So there are solutions. Whether or not our utilities want to act on that, 
that's a different story, as I said. Well, that's uh, where you came back earlier. That's where you almost have to force their hand. It's it, when you have a PUC and they're under that kind of control, and there's a it's a quasi government private relationship, which we can either like or dislike, but it is what it is. Exactly. We're not talking politics right now. It just is what it is. So, given that's what it is, you have to do what you can to put the pressure on them to have those things done. That's where the PUC comes in. Yep. Well, that's exactly right. Like you said, uh, this is a situation where each of these utilities uh, operate under their own particular uh, hard mechanical structure, and then they all have their own software and so on and so forth. Uh, but, but yes, when when we don't want the fox guarding the hen house, uh, we have a situation with FERC and NERC where those entities, the Federal Electrical Regulatory Commission and the National Electric, Electrical Regulatory Commission, um, are the ones who, who regulate this. They're so quote unquote supposed regulate. to. Yeah, we're supposed to. But if they had really been regulating, we wouldn't be having this discussion. No, we? no. Well, and we wouldn't even in some cases, Tanya and you and Tina know this. We've got some transformers and even parts of the grid that are they're really over their end of lifespan they're already there and yet we continue to spend money on other things instead of doing that and there i know there's a great question and again this kind of gets political on whose responsibility is it to shore up the grid you know we all are customers of the power company themselves the power companies are regulated by the government should there be some incentive from government to have some of these things done or should all of that be done by the power company themselves at the end of the day we're all still paying whether it's with tax dollars or through our energy bills one way or the other, it gets paid. They're not going to absorb this on their own. That's not the conversation. The bottom line is we've got to get some of these things shored up one way or the other. Those conversations I just had a moment ago, you could have on a collective basis with all of the parties involved. But the bottom line is we got to get it done. Absolutely. And, well, and, you, and Go ahead. Well, and this isn't a reciprocal relationship. If we don't pay our utility bills, what happens? They shut it off. They shut our, exactly. They shut our electricity off. But if the grid goes down or we lose our, our, our electricity, do, do they go out of business? Absolutely not. No, and there's and no fact, refunds um, either, by the way. You don't get exactly. refunded for those days. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Tina, Tina, you were going to say something. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, and that's why it, it really is. And that's that's why, um, you know, really this this issue has um, been so powerful, it, you know, and, and we're so passionate about Oh, you can see where this. my heart is on this one. This, one. this was an easy one for me to have you guys on because <laughs> I'm right there with you. Trust me. Well, and, and we decided it was time to do something about it. It definitely is. And, it definitely is. And maybe take a, take a different, um, you know, avenue to get to the same goal, which is to harden our grid and to ensure that, you know, we continue to, as, as Tanya's fund is saying, not only survive, but to thrive. Yeah, this is, in my opinion, and again, folks, go to saveourgrid.org. You can see everything we're talking about there as well and learn more information on it, what you can do to help them. You can even donate to their cause, which all of us should be doing as well. So I want to throw that out there. Make sure click the donate button when you're there, by the way. But bottom line for me, Tanya and Tina, this is a national security issue. If we harden up and do more than other countries even have done, and there is something catastrophic that happens, and we come out as a leader, it just makes us that much stronger for the future. And frankly, right now, we're probably one I hate to say this. Um, Because I don't want to call us third world when it comes to our grid, but I've been to third world countries, and frankly, there are times I wonder how close to that are we. 
Yeah, pretty close. I mean, and it would it would only take, uh, you know, again, you know, Tanya mentioned earlier the cascading effect mm-hmm. of that. So it's it's you know several well placed attacks, correct, or even several weather events, correct, um, will take the whole thing down. And That's right. We're Pakistan. Right. Um, and I, by the way, I've well, been in countries yeah. not not to uh, you know not to alarm anybody, but I've been to some of those countries, those third world countries, where at two o'clock in the afternoon for three hours, the power's off every day because that's just what they do. Exactly. It, it is what it is. You just plan ahead for it because they don't have any other ability to do it any other way. So if you've got air conditioning or anything along those lines, good luck. It's not running for those three hours a day unless you've got generation to you know to power things up. Go ahead, Tanya. Well, and John, it, I'm glad you're bringing this up about third world countries because. I have two things to, for our, the listeners to think about. First of all, I don't want anybody to ever listen to, to this kind of interview and think it's just such a co- complex, large topic, nobody can do anything about it. That is patently, patently false. Yeah, My point. dad called that a good old-fashioned lie. Yep. It's a lie. It can be done. It can be fixed. There are nations, first world nations, who are nearly completely hardened, have backup plans. Uh, you know, in the bottom of, you know, at the end of the day, when there's a transformer, if it's sitting four feet from where it needs to be to be hooked up, it might as well be 400 miles. Right. If you have no mechanized way to get that transformer scooted over Great point. to be put in, to be put in. But when I look at other nations, look at South Africa, right? Certainly not a third world nation. No. Uh, one of the best heart, uh, best uh, utility infrastructures in the world. And in, and in almost warp speed, lightning speed through a series of political events, they are literally on the brink of full nation grid down failure. Wow. Wow. Right now, as we wow. speak, our news does not focus on this. Nope. We do not get that nitty-gritty, granular news about these kinds of topics around the nation. Our world news is lacking on our, you know, our local stations. Bless their hearts, are doing a great job of covering the news. But when it comes to what could happen and what does happen, it is happening. Hmm. And the bottom line is, it could happen to us. Agreed. They're just not talking about it, which is why Tina and I are doing that very thing now. Appreciate it. Okay, I'm going to let you go in just a minute, Tanya. Real, real quick before I do, a, a book you guys should both read, by the way. It's on, it's on Audible as well. It's called Total Power. A listener told me to listen to that. And it, it takes kind of, you know, Bill's sort of look at things from one second after only. Instead of it being an EMP, they're talking about in that book the very things, Tanya, we just got done mentioning when it comes to other types of attacks that could happen. So I encourage all of you out there to read Total Power. It's really insightful from a different perspective than just an EMP strike. So food for thought. Tanya, I'll let you go. i got one last commercial break to do. Tina can kind of come back and finish things up for us. We only have a couple of minutes left. So thank you. Thank you, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate it very much. All right. Well, we will be right back. Ready-Radio is the website. Ready-Radio.com. We'll be right back. Again, this is Ready Radio KLZ 560. Summer hailstorms have returned with a bang, leaving roofs across the front range in need of repair or replacement. You need to know what options will be best for your home. Here at Roof Savers Colorado, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners maintain their roofs through hail or shine. We work with any insurance company to get your damaged roof the replacement it needs. However, if you are looking to get more life out of your current roof, we also offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we believe in helping you determine the right solution for your situation and through every season. If you think your roof has been a victim of hail, contact us to set up your free inspection and receive an honest evaluation about the condition of your roof. Call today at 303 303- 
303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep a durable roof over your head. Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. In such an uneasy and unpredictable time that we live in, growing your own food is becoming a necessity. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is a local family-owned and operated business that specializes in custom cedar greenhouses. Owners Jason and Annette have over 35 years of construction management experience and have built multi-million dollar greenhouse structures all over the country. Colorado Greenhouse Builders is one of the few companies that specializes in geothermal heating. Geothermal heating utilizes the sun's light and heat to create an amazing year-round growing opportunity. Their geothermal heating has proven to be a gardener's dream even in our cold Colorado winters. They can provide a custom consultation that includes an evaluation of your site and then provide recommendations and a custom plan for all your growing needs. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders at 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. That's ready-radio.com. All right, we're back. Ready Radio, myself, Tina Francone. Again, the website that, the, he, that she and Tanya both are affiliated with and the organization, let me say it that way, saveourgrid.org. Go check that out. Go to their website. I'll put that in our notes for today's program as well. And there's a lot of things on the website, by the way, as to what you need to be doing in regards to how we harden things, all the stuff we've talked about up to this point. There's a, a FAQ section that kind of in a in a nutshell does some of what we've done on ready radio which is you know what are the things you need to be prepared for what do you do how do you do these things if in fact the grid goes down for x amount of time one thing we talked about 
a moment ago, Tina, that I referred to as I think this is a national security issue, and it very much is, but it's also a personal responsibility and a personal issue as well, right? Absolutely. And, you know, and one of the, you know, one of the real questions that we get from people is, you know, well, you know, we've talked about this issue so much in terms of national security. I'm just a mom. You know, what do I know? I mean, I hear five-star generals and scientists talk about this coronal mass ejection, EMP threat, you know, as as um, as national security issue, and I, I I don't know anything about national security, and these five star generals and these guys are taking care of it, so I don't need to be involved. And it's I a will lot of say, assumptions there. oh, contraire. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of assumptions going on in that statement. <laughs> this is a human issue because yep. honestly, if the grid goes down and we lose electrical power, nobody's coming. No, there's but no help. Nobody's coming yeah, to help. Thank you, you for saying that, Tina. Yeah, there's no help coming. So. Being proactive on the front end of mm-hmm. it, this is not just a national security issue. This is a human issue. Agree. We need to be proactive on this and really, in addition to raising the issue and raising awareness on behalf of the utility companies and to our elected officials, we need to also be prepared and be ready um, for some, or at least be aware of the threat and what we can do to survive. Makes total sense. Again, folks, we've got about a minute left is all. The website, one more time. Again, we'll have this posted up. Saveourgrid.org. That one's easy. Save Our Grid. We all want to do that. The name says it all. As I said earlier, you can go there. You can donate. You can participate. I'm sure this is just like anything else. They're looking for you know folks that will come alongside and help do these things. And if you're somebody that feels like, hey, I've got a little extra time, I might be able to help do X, Y, and Z. Give one of the two ladies a call, you know, reach out to them and find out exactly how you can can get involved and let's build this thing. We would love to come out and talk to any of your organizations and your groups. We've got uh, you know, we've got materials and we've got just some common sense solutions for people to help us build this army hmm. on a grassroots level to take this okay. out and take it to uh, the people who need to hear that. All right, that's it for today. Tina, thank you very much. Thank Tanya, you, John. thank you so much for joining us as well. We appreciate it. SaveOurGrid.org. Don't forget, ready-radio.com is the website to go to, and you can you know, catch up on everything we talk about here on a weekly basis. Again, this is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.